0: tuned into anything potable the most honorable the most audible hold the applause like paul pierce when he was fresh out the hospital like antoine when he shimmied after shots went through so tell me why you mad even your team gonna be sad leaving after matching up with brad stevens Champion contenders, we drop twice a week like you trying to guard Kemba. <laughs> your team whack and your players whacker. I got the inside scoop after hanging up with Jay and Packard. Okay, we about chips here. I'm talking about this year, banner 12 plus 6 here. Carson L was top rookie, I'm saying it now. Ain't playing around with Tatum Hay with a Brown. We off the charts, but you got to play it market smart. Close out, because he pulling up from Harvey Yard. Gang green, it's no other way. So tune in to the pod if you plan on staying up to date.
1: You heard? see. <laughs> <Aziz. laughs> AJ, I-, I see you, she Sheet.
0: Welcome to Anything Is Possible. The- boston celtics podcast here on the athletic podcast network i'm your host sam jam packard professional sports fan joined as always by the kid the god the legend himself celtics beat reporter for the athletic that's right the J king everyone and we are coming to uh we got a, a couple off days between games three and game four of the eastern conference so semifinals.
1: what'd you say so many off days
0: Just too many off days. It's either they don't want to compete with Monday Night Football or they want to get the Eastern Conference in line with the Western Conference. But we are here to answer your questions. We're here for the people. Uh, So Jay put out the call for questions. We got a couple responses there. Uh, But if you're here watching live on Periscope, feel free to put some in the chat. and We'll definitely be answering them. And right, uh, Michaela Fallon starts it off. Jay looks ready to answer some questions. Jay, are Are you Fucking ready. I'm fucking ready. I've been ready. Jay's coming with like more energy than he has for a podcast in a while. And so um, let's start it off. From my mainest man, Eddie, at Truth Faustino, Jay Crowder said today that he and Iggy need to go at Kemba and Ennis. Is that a win for the Celtics' defense, and how should they approach this? What an absurd thing for Jay Crowder to say, but what was your response to that, Jay?
1: Yeah, that's probably not how the, the Heat should attack it. And I, I'm not sure that's what Crowder meant either. I, I think he basically said if if they're going to use those matchups, the Heat have to find ways to kind of use that to their advantage. And that doesn't always mean like Jay Crowder posting up Kimball Walker. I don't think that's good for Miami. I don't think that's what Miami should or will do. Getting Andre Iguodala more involved in the offense probably won't do much um so he hasn't made an impact i think he made like did uh, some little stuff in game one but he's just been non-existent yeah but but you can you can put kemba in action still you can get crowder and pick and pops and and kind of do some stuff that way so it doesn't have to necessarily be like isos and shit like that do you really think so kemba i mean crowder also said he's going to have some
0: switch up for kemba like any crowder post up is a win for the Celtics even if you use Kemba as the screen like the screener and you're trying to get the ball to Jay Crowder that's bad news bears if you're the Heat like they running the offense through Jay Crowder we know that's not a good thing he can't drive he can only drive right and if he's like anything other than a catch and shoot three guy it's just not effective so they're welcome by all means to have a Jay Crowder do whatever he wants against Kemba
1: that i i echo those thoughts those Crowder should not be the focal point, and that's why the Celtics felt okay with putting Kemba Walker on him in Game Three. I think that that matchup switch was well overdue. Goron Dragic, as much as anybody else, drives the Heat offense, and I mean drives literally. He's he's the one who gets into the paint. He's the one who makes a lot of plays happen for them. I think he felt way too comfortable, especially against in transition against Kemba Walker. So they, they, they probably should have done that earlier in the series and put Marcus Smart on him and try to turn that faucet off. Um, so this question's from Jake
0: Salmon. Some say might say Salmon. Uh, do you think the Celtics are better off switching on defense or trying to hide Kemba and force Smart and Jalen to fight through screens? It's basically do you think the switching defense playing a smaller lineup uh, has been is the most
1: effective uh defense for the Celtics? I think a lot of the times. It is, Uh, I think. But sometimes it's
0: not. You can't play one defense the entire time.
1: And, And the one guy who you worry about with the switching is Kemba, right? Like anybody else can handle most players on the Heat roster, including from anywhere, maybe not including Bam Adebayo um but switching can keep you more attached to shooters switching can limit dribble penetration because you don't have to give up you know concede as much in the pick and roll there are a lot of benefits to switching but the downside is that Kemba can get stuck in some places where you don't really want him to be and I think the Celtics have generally handled that pretty well all season they're pretty good at not letting other teams pick on Kemba Walker. And after moving him off on Dragic, I don't think his defense was much of an issue at all in game three. It was in parts of games one and two, partly because Dragic is, is bigger than he is and was getting to the spots he wanted. Do you think Kemba is too
0: small to try and put on Duncan Robinson? Because Duncan Robinson does not – shoot anything other than threes and now he's clearly taller than him and pro- can probably shoot over him but it's not like you have like with Crowder I guess he does enter the paint Duncan Robinson doesn't do that whatsoever and Kemba puts in a lot of effort trying to get around screens and does stuff like that I just don't know if the size difference is like enough we've seen Duncan Robinson knock down some pretty um kind of nasty shots just like coming off screens and immediately catch and shoot I don't know if Kemba's too short. It uh, it feels like he is, but it's just another option for the Celtics on defense.
1: Yeah, and it's one of those things, like, part of the reason Duncan Robinson is so good is that he's tall and he is willing to shoot pretty contested shots. Like, he doesn't need much space. He doesn't need much time. He His release is insane. And so that's, that's the issue. Kemba can go around screens and Kemba can lock and trail. Kimba can do do that stuff but if he's just even an inch off Duncan Robinson then Robinson gets that shot and I mean Robinson's just a ridiculous shooter man he he's way up there in the league among the best shooters in the league there there aren't five better than he is why did Duncan Robinson um make it from
0: D3 to the pros and you couldn't make it from Skidmore to the pros jay uh
1: number 1 because he's six inches taller Number sorry th- excuse bro two because he's a whole lot fucking better and number three because i was a dog shit college player and he was not how do you not mention his ability to shoot in any of those do you think you're this is an on par I, I was at least <laughs> at least as equal as a shooter let's be honest <laughs> you're a goon uh
0: this question is from john police what adjustment do you expect most uh, or expect from Miami? Uh, we talked about the kind of what Jay Crowder talked about, but uh, Jay Crowder's not the coach. Eric Spoelstra's the coach. So what do you think Miami does to try and uh, kind of counter the energy that the
1: Celtics had in ter- uh, game three? I mean, I, I think part of it is the biggest part for them should be limiting paint touches and buckets around the rim. The Celtics scored 60 points in the paint. That's That's unacceptable. They they can't have that happening. And The Celtics were very, very into trying to get Bam Adebayo on the perimeter. He'd have to do a, a better job of letting him protect the paint and putting him in positions where he can be a detriment to the Jalen Brown drives and the Kemba Walker drives and all the other drives. The 60 points in the paint after giving up 72 over two games total in the first two games. Eric Spoelstra must have been so pissed about that.
0: Does that mean like playing more drop on the pick and roll? Does it mean using less of the zone? Because the zone was feeling like still gave the Celtics trouble, uh, especially late, well, especially when went to prevent offense. But the zone, when you pull your forwards up that much and you put your big guy in the middle, you engage that big, and then you have basically guards helping. It's really not the greatest rim protection.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's part of it. Um, and then I just – want to quote the movie Brink here in, in Brink. Team Puppin' Suds. Team Puppin' Suds was, was struggling a little bit. And I believe it was Brink's father who said, skate better. And sometimes you just got to defend better. So shouts, shouts to Mr. Andy Brink Brinker.
0: <laughs> Andy, his name was, wait, the character's name was Brink Brinker? Andy Brink Brinker? Yeah, they called him Brink because Brink Brink was for the last name. But you his name
1: was
0: his name was Brink Brinker. Oh no! Okay, Andy sorry. Brink, no, I get it. I got Brinker. it now. That's on me. Hand up. That's on me.
1: There you go. We'll, we'll get we'll get there. We'll get there. But shout! I mean, shout out to Brink the the greatest Disney Channel original movie of any generation. I mean, I would put it up there. I would put, also put Johnny
0: Tsunami on there, but definitely Brink is a uh, top two. This question's from Fala at FJ. You're an
1: urchin, bro. (laughs) You're, you're, no, you have like six movie references, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Johnny Tsunami's in my bag,
2: though. Hey, I'm Taz Mellis of No Dunks on The Athletic. Do you want to walk into a room with your chest puffed out, your neck long, and your shoulders broad? Of course you do. For me, getting clothes that fit properly can give me the confidence I need to do just that. Indochino hooked me up with the gear that fits perfectly. I dreaded getting dressed for my Zoom meetings, but now I change for each one with a big smile on my face. I did a virtual fitting on Indochino's slick website for them to get my measurements. I didn't have to talk to a single human. There are so many options. Here are a few I chose. A long shirt, because I tuck it in. I got a no-dunks monogram and I decided against a shirt pocket. I sincerely did not think that custom fit clothing was this affordable, and all customizations are included in the cost. The website keeps your measurements on file so you never have to re-enter them. The best part, Indochino suits start at just $2.99 with all customizations included. Indochino is a no-brainer if you're getting married. Visit one of the Indochino showrooms across North America. Or book a virtual appointment like I did and shop online at Indochino.com. And right now, you'll get $30 off any purchase of $3.99 or more when you enter code TAS. Not ass, TAS, T-A-S, at checkout. That's Indochino.com, promo code TAS. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually,
1: we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or, sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and an ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to roman.com slash Celtics and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to get roman.com slash Celtics today. If approved you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's getroman.com slash Celtics. Getroman.com slash Celtics. Kemba hasn't been consistent in the playoffs,
0: and he said he needs to be better on different occasions. How do you suggest he can be better if his shots are not falling on some nights? Kind of uh, goes back to the brink thing where it's just like, uh, his, for him to be good, his shots kind of need to fall like it's really tough for his size for him to be that effective if he's not making, not getting points.
1: Yeah. He he can still get into the lane and he, he still draws a lot of attention. I think the biggest thing for him is defensively like Dragic had his way with him in, in some of the early games in this series he can't, he can't have those lapses. And I think part of it, the Celtics decided was switching Marcus smart onto Dragic and changing the assignment. So that's a big deal, but, but Kemba has to be solid defensively, um, and so I, I think that that's part of it too. When he when he's not scoring well, because obviously you know he's going to be out there, they're going to play him a lot, and he needs. But he's he's normally good. I, I, there there was a lot of reaction to three games, and I think some of it was fair, especially because the the three point shooting went away for a while, but. He's a guy who's always scored. He's a guy who has usually scored efficiently and he he's a great great offensive player. So I don't think there's there's too much to worry about there.
0: All right, this question's from on the periscope chat D power 2487. Do y'all think we'll see Time Lord minutes coming soon? Is Brad waiting to play
1: that card? I don't think they're coming. I don't think they're coming. Which I mean I don't
0: see how it helped, like what it exactly would help. It's not like the, the Heat are getting uh, crazy attacking the rim. I mean, it gives the offense a bit of a more dynamic threat. Maybe he does more against the zone, but um, I don't know. It's not like I'm running. He's basically just would hang out in the dunker spot against the zone. Uh, I don't know. I just don't think it's the most like uh, people love Time Lord because he's very good at jumping and dunking. And he's like shown some flashes, but it's the Eastern Conference Finals. You can't just have defensive mistakes, uh, which Time Lord's prone to make Cantor makes those too. Well, that's the next question from uh, our date Ryan Davis is it's probably more for me than for you, but it's uh, how long do you scream at your TV when Cantor gets up and walks to the scores table? And <laughs> <laughs> it's not that long of a scream, I think. Um, I do it more anytime I see Dragic get the ball and Cantor's on the court. Uh, but he's been not terrible for his two stints uh in this Eastern Conference Finals. He had a classic Cantor missing, smoking bunnies, getting his own offensive rebound, but he's like been effective uh down low. I like him in the game against Kelly Olinick. Kelly Olinick cannot do like no matter how good positional defense Kelly Olinick's in. There's nothing he can do to stop Cantor on the block. And so if you can sneak five minutes of Cantor in there, I think it's uh, effective. I don't know. They they need something. Basically, they need like 10 minutes of uh, center minutes between Cantor, Grant, and Time Lord because Tice can't really go. Tice has never really gone 40 minutes besides like the game six of uh, the last series. So they're going to need to sneak some of it in and... It's kind of worked. I mean, he's still not good on defense, but he hasn't been atrocious.
1: I feel like they're kind of inching toward more Grant Williams as the series progresses. And I say that just because they played so small so often in game three. And now that Gordon Hayward's back, you have another guy who's switchy and versatile. And when Grant Williams is your backup center, you can – do a lot of interesting things defensively, and have a lot of really, really defensively talented lineups when when he's on the court. So I feel like that's kind of where they're heading in this series. I could be wrong. Brad could throw Cantor out there. He he could dust off Robert Williams, but this feels like it's becoming a a Grant Williams series. And it's not like Grant was, I think, a minus twelve in, and the he's the greatest three point shooter of all time.
0: <laughs> and he's apparently. Twenty six and two in Rocks, paper scissors, uh, playing against Jalen Brown before the game, which is unverified. That was an
1: outlandish claim. You you can't expect us to believe you're winning rock paper scissors twenty six to two. It's a random random game. All right, me versus you right now.
0: Rock, rock paper, paper scissors,
1: scissors. Shoot. 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 Oh, this is great <laughs>
0: podcasting.
1: <laughs> we, both we, threw- we both had scissors. We both threw scissors. And we tied. We are both zero, 0, and 1. All right. That's good stuff. Um, this is questions
0: from Piotr Tomcia. What is the ceiling for Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart? And then the second question, will Smart stay a Celtic for his entire
1: career? Uh, I mean, Marcus Smart's ceiling is obviously DPOY. Plus, Is it though? I don't think he'll ever like there'll ever be a, a guard that wins depoy. I I mean
0: he's he has a chance. That the ceiling. We're talking ceiling here. What would what would Marcus Smart have to do defensively more so than he's doing now to get a
1: defensive player of the year award? Does he have I to I feel like, like the, get... the deeper they go in the playoffs, the more his reputation builds, and then it'll just impact the way people vote next year. You know, I I feel like that's that's part of it. Is are you saying it's a narrative based award? Yeah, yeah, because no one knows what the fuck they're looking for with defense. <laughs> MVP. I think is normally pretty informed voting, but very few people watch defense closely enough to really know
0: what's going on. I mean, you saw it with Andre Drummond getting some first place votes for Defensive Player of the Year. It's a voting is uh, somewhat nonsense. Can we talk like? what was your reaction to LeBron being upset that he only got 16 uh, first place votes? Is this just some Michael Jordan, like, and it was personal to me after that, like some, just creating some anger for out of nowhere, because it's, it's patently absurd to complain about, to, to simultaneously complain that Anthony Davis didn't get the defensive player of the year and that LeBron uh, didn't get MVP. Like you can't have both. If Anthony Davis is the best defensive player in the entire league, then there's no way LeBron James is also the most valuable because he has the best defensive player in the league on his team. It just makes zero sense.
1: I'll tell you who who had the best defensive player in the league on his team, and it was Giannis. It was the MVP and DPOI. Exactly. That's what makes him the MVP because he yeah, was no, also the D-boy. That that, those were weird comments. And in the same comment, LeBron said that he had no issue with the guy that voters chose Giannis his biggest issue like, how, well then what are you pissed about bro just his his
0: biggest issue was that uh Devontae Graham didn't get more consideration for most improved player because he went from four points to 17 points which you know what I, I mean that's I have a lot of big concerns with that as well I don't even remember who won
1: Devonte Graham shot like 36 percent over the last four months of the season LeBron, I think people Lebron's got to be more informed. <laughs> I, I agree. It's crazy
0: some of the ballots that came out. It feels like the people voted for uh, awards basically in January based on what like they like already made things up in their mind. Pascal Siakam
1: Look, getting second team is just wild over Tatum.
0: Uh, how about uh, our our main man Wash voting Pascal Siakam fifth in his MVP ballot fifth. Now Wash is gonna be upset that we're talking about why? his balance. Why? why go after Wash, man? You guys are <laughs> good. He put Siakam fifth. Like, like that's what I'm talking about. Like people just based off of like three good months of basketball. There is well, zero I, I, I think there's,
1: there's also like the Raptors had an incredible season. They did. And so so did the Celtics. So did a number of different teams. Yeah. I I'm sticking up for Wash here. Wash, let me stick up for Wash. But but Pascal Siakam finishing over Tatum. I know it's a regular season award. Tatum was better in the regular season one and two. By the end of the regular season, he was way better. Like it wasn't even remotely close. So voters yeah, got
0: that one. I agree. Voters are uh, idiots. Well, actually, I think like they like generally got the awards right. It was clearly Giannis like should have been uh, MVP. Here we go. This is from at twenty 27- seven. 27 Celtics, given Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown's ability to produce in the playoffs and how their experience continues to grow, do you think they wind up being what KD and Harden were supposed to be in OKC? This is a little bit of a revisionist history because no one thought James Harden was going to be what James Harden was while he was at OKC. I think there OKC. were some people who thought that. Uh, I don't think Sam Presti was one of them because you don't trade him for nonsense if you're that doing that. Was...
1: Not a great trade, but <laughs> Not I, a good look. I, I do think there were, if you look at Harden's like per 36 minute stats, his efficiency in the role that he was playing, there were signs that that guy was a super duper star in hiding in plain sight behind yeah. Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. So, but Tatum and Brown, they won't both win MVPs like that's that's not gonna happen. But oh, well like Tatum Brown would have to go to his
0: own team and then like absolutely thrive. Like that's what allowed Harden to win an MVP. Harden was never gonna win an MVP with KD on his team. You wanna know why? Because if you have that much talent on your team, you can't win MVP. That's a reason why KD and Steph didn't win MVP when they are together with the Warriors. Like you need to be the single So what's the duo what's
1: the duo you want Tatum and Brown to be?
0: I want them to be themselves Jay. I don't want us to live in the past. I want them to establish their own legacy. Uh because I don't know, it's just there's not a perfect comparison like what duo what duo in terms of guards or f- like wing players or have we seen that is like kind of like that with their kind of skill sets. I just don't I just don't think there's a, an exactly a, a duo that you can compare them to.
1: That uh, so so you're saying Players can be unique, and there don't always have to be comparisons. Speaking of comparisons, Andre Iguodala today received a question about how Goran Dragic is like Manu Ginobili. What? Just because they're they're they're, dudes, they're white dudes, not from the United States, and left-handed. That I mean, we gotta stop doing the comparisons like that. They are totally different players who play totally different styles. Manu Ginobili was way, way better, and we should not at all be comparing these two. I think someone said it on the broadcast the other night, right? I mean, I'm
0: sure it was Mark Jackson who said it, and it's just an insult to how good Manu was to even Goron's
1: been good, but he is not Manu level. They just play way differently, like just let's just stop it let's stop it let's let's think let's let's use our heads to compare players to other we players don't even need who actually make
2: sense
0: just talk about what the player is we don't need to compare them to someone else they're who they are we
1: are who they thought they were fucking manu and dragic get the <laughs> fuck out of here manu should be slapping people like he slapped that bat back in the day that was pretty cool Bat slapping needs to come back. They should
0: introduce a bat to the bubble. Um, This question's from some man named Talk Hoops. The bubble bat. <laughs> the bubble bat. Are you worried about what the next episode of Buds will be? Now, I'm pretty sure the show is called Basketball
1: Buds. Oh, no. Oh, no. It it has been called both. Look in the archives. Basket Buds, Basketball Buds. It goes both ways. I, a lot of times they go Basket Buds. I thought that was a name. We got two names. All right, so we were both correct is what you're trying to say. I'm trying to say that I was right. And... That's, the, that's your main point <laughs> is that you were
0: correct. <laughs> all
1: right, but you worried about
0: the your prediction of uh, Celtics and Six at all? Uh, I mean,
1: uh, yeah, they're down 2-1. My prediction <laughs> yeah, is, is very much in danger. But it's still in play. And until it's out of play, then I, there's a chance that I'm right. All right, our next question is from I am Cor-
0: Cohen crazy. Cohen crazy, would you bite on this Brad Stevens up and under move? Showing a just a excellent guy. Where three guys from Wabish University are biting on the uh, Brad three, Stevens. To three Paul. white
1: dudes just just flying in the air to to stop a Brad Stevens layup attempt. Would you bite on it though? I think it's pretty clear I would bite on it. Every, everyone in that photo has bit on it, so. I I would have bit on Brad Stevens' up and under move.
0: I absolutely, anytime I play pickup, I'm going for a block. I cannot stay down on a pump fake whatsoever. I would bite in in a second. Um, We have some more visual questions. Uh, This is from Bill Psy. Will you confirm or deny, Jay, that you were the original cast of Hamilton?
1: (laughs) He showed a picture of some dude from Hamilton, which I certainly haven't seen. But the guy kind of looks like me. I will say this: there are, there are similarities there. It's not a, a direct, like I don't look exactly like the guy, but I'm more—I look more like that guy than Goran Dragic plays like Mano Ginobili. I'll tell you that much.
0: That's fair. Um, I just like the idea of you doing musical theater. Um, the idea of you singing and performing is fantastic. Or even just wearing an outfit a la Hamilton would be great. Um, you say, uh, have you ever seen a musical, Jay?
1: Yeah, oh yeah, I'm am a big Les Mis guy. Ooh, a big Les Mis guy. That's oh, shocking. Yeah. yeah, what you know about Jean Valjean? I knew you were a, a Newsies guy,
0: but I didn't know you were a Les Mis guy. Newsies, Les Mis, yeah. Give give me a
1: give me a good musical.
0: <laughs> this is shocking stuff coming from. Uh, from jay we got another good you question you
1: don't know shit about is
0: i don't know anything at, at all i know about newsies i know christian bale was
1: in it um but that's about it newsies is a great 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 movie and and i, I didn't see the musical i heard they they changed some of the details which is very disappointing to me but as a as a movie musical fantastic Seize the day, folks. Seize the day. Open the gates (laughs) and seize the day. Don't be afraid and don't delay. No one can take us. No one can make us give our rights away. Arise and seize <laughs> the day.
0: That <laughs> well, must be. I think that's the greatest moment uh, that's ever occurred on this podcast,
1: or the uh, worst moment that has ever occurred on this. podcast. I was not going to talk
0: as long as you kept singing, and that was fantastic. Um, this next question is from the Lego Man, uh, the Polish poster, Wobbly. What's your take on the impact of the movie Avatar
1: on the modern blockbuster? (laughs) I'll tell you what, Avatar really set the tone. Oh, people are, people are commenting that I should never sing again. People are wrong. That was fantastic. That was, I mean, that was a glorious, glorious depiction of a incredible song. Um, But Avatar Yeah, I I thought Avatar really set the tone for a new generation of movies. Avatar sucked. Oh, take it back. What sucked about Avatar?
0: It was three hours long, and it was just like the most heavy-handed, like, unobtainium pollution nonsense. It's like, oh, we get it, James Cameron. Just just special effects for the sake of special effects. There's zero plot in it. There's, like, not that much action. It just was a, a nonsense movie. I've never thought about Avatar after leaving the theater. It's just like, boom, that was another something, never something I want to experience again.
1: Avatar is fantastic. And to say otherwise is disingenuous. You just to... have so many bad thoughts on things, is the real problem. Uh, I mean, how how many people would be on my side about Avatar? Probably 90% of the world. You're how just come there hasn't a been an Avatar with an then? ugly flannel shirt? What's wrong? This is an LL Bean flannel shirt. Ladies love bean. I mean, what's oh, wrong with this? Okay, we got to tell the people that you're just a cassette guy. All of a sudden, who the fuck listens to cassettes in 2020?
0: Okay, so I'm in New York. I'm staying at my aunt's old apartment. She used to do movie soundtracks, and like, just her apartment is just like all records and all cassette tapes. And so I was looking through it. Bam! I found a, a tribe called Quest on cassette tape. You know where else you can find that? Motherfucking Spotify, bro. Boom. Naughty by nature. Boom. Southern playlist of Cadillac music. I'm living in New York now. I'm trying to be a hipster, Jay. You know i am always been trying to be a hipster. Boom. Got that pink cassette player. I'm going to be fucking cool as shit walking around the West Village. Something you wouldn't know anything about.
1: It's because I'm always cool as shit. And I don't need <laughs> 30-year-old musical instruments to... Bro, you haven't heard sound me feel like quality.
0: That. You haven't heard sound quality till you hear it on cassette.
1: That's actually no, not that's, true. That's, I was listening that's, to that's it the,
0: earlier. It sounds awful.
1: Yeah. You know what I used to listen to on cassette? Aladdin, a whole new world, motherfucker. Because <laughs> I was like five the last time cassettes were a thing. You just come coming from the woodworks. I sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I actually have
0: not used this yet. I think it will probably get used once or twice. It also does have AM FM radio. So when's the last time you listen to live AM radio, Jay, you can get the, the traffic, weather sports, um, really pretty much anything on there. Um, I think that's final question we have. And we'll wrap it up there. Uh, this is from no justice, no peace or at Fort Rutledge.
1: Are Milano's cookies or biscuits? Absolutely. Cookies. Those are cookies. Mint Milano's are delightful, too. And Anyone who has Mint Milano's in their crib, I'm probably coming over and taking some, except during COVID, in which case I'll stay away. In which but. case, you can leave them outside, and Jay will promptly pick them up. Um, yep.
0: My question is, is what is the distinction between a cookie and a biscuit? Because like, I don't see how Milano's could even be considered biscuits unless we're in the uk where they call cookies biscuits but a biscuit is like a fluffy thing you would eat with popeyes that's just not at all anything remotely close to a milano so this is kind of a patently absurd question
1: yeah i mean i really don't understand i don't think this has ever been debated i don't think it ever will be debated Milano's are just fucking cookies, man. Sometimes you, sometimes the truth is out there. It's it's evident. It's right there standing in a beautiful, beautiful, delicious cookie. Amen to that. Amen to that, Jay. Finally, we can
0: agree on something. We've been warring for a half hour now, but we can unify in the fact that, one, Milano's are cookies. Two, anything is potable is the greatest Celtics podcast to ever exist, and three, you should all subscribe, give us five stars, and uh continue listening to the greatest Celtics podcast that ever exists. And to all those people out there in Periscope Land who put in questions, uh, thank you. To everyone who's listening on the podcast, thank you. And keep listening to this episode of Anything Is Potable. Milano stink. What is this guy? Nonsense take from Jay Falk 97. Unless he's related to Kevin Falk, then I'll give him a pass.